You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to a special edition of MLB.com Extras postseason preview. In this corner, representing the champions of the AL East, Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm, and in the opposite corner, representing the champions of the American League West, Rangers reporter T.R. Sullivan. Gentlemen, it is a pleasure to speak with you both here on this Wednesday afternoon as the clubs kick off their ALDS on Thursday at Rogers Center in Toronto. And gentlemen, uh, keep it clean, though, hitting below the belt. Have a good match. And uh, here we go. We're off and running. Uh, Gregor, let's start with you. Uh, Simply, why will the Toronto Blue Jays win this ALDS? Well, I think you have to start uh, with the lineup, obviously, uh, for this entire season. It's been the best in baseball, and they're particularly good against left-handed pitchers, which um, is kind of advantageous a little bit uh, for Toronto with with the matchups that uh, the Rangers could be putting out there. But, uh, you know, it starts with the lineup, but since the trade deadline, they've also solidified a lot of the other areas. So before, they used to be losing a lot of one-run games. Uh, They fixed a lot of those issues with the bullpen, uh, and there's a lot more depth in the starting rotation. So they just kind of need the pitching to... Uh, you know, hold its own and keep the, the team in games. And then the lineup um, with the heart of the order with guys like Josh Donaldson, Jose Batista, Edwin Encarnacion, um, even if it's a short series, should be able to hold their own. And, GR, I'm sure you know what's coming. It's uh, your turn now. Why will the Texas Rangers win this ALDS? Well, I think a big key is going to be game one. And you got Giovanni Gallardo pitching for the Rangers against David Price, who's the Blue Jays' best pitcher. And Gallardo's beat the Blue Jays twice this year yet to allow a run, and I think that speaks to a, a good right-handed pitcher going up against a dominant right-handed hitting lineup. So if the Rangers win game one, I think it's going to be a huge game for them, but basically they got to get a split here in Toronto. If they get a split here in Toronto, they go back to Texas, win one or two there, and then it's going to be Hamels versus Price for all the marbles. So if the Rangers can get in here and win game one, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the, on the Blue Jays because they'll have uh, used up their, be- their best starter and the Rangers aces still to come. And, uh, Gregor, let's build on that point that TR just brought up. Uh, the Blue Jays 4-2 and two against the Rangers this season, but each of the two losses came in Giovanni Gallardo starts. He gets the start in Game 1 for Texas. How concerned should the Blue Jays be about that? Well, he's definitely the kind of uh, pitcher that, you know, it's hard to find these guys, but it, it, he's definitely the kind of pitcher who's uh, caused the Blue Jays' issues this year. And it seems like typically the Blue Jays are, uh, have had better numbers against more your prototypical power guys uh, the guys who have a little bit more finesse, the guys who live on the corners, uh, have been the teams who have been able to uh, limit that uh, batting order a little bit. Um, but overall, the sense in the clubhouse is obviously at this, this time they can't be too concerned about it. Um, but it's certainly something that you know they've been asked a lot of questions about that John Gibbons has had to deal with over the last couple of days. And, and TR is 100% correct. I mean, that, that game one is huge for both teams uh, and really could tell uh, how this uh, series ultimately ends up going. But uh, that type of finesse guy is something that with the, the you know, occasional free swingers and guys who are going for the home runs a lot, uh, Gallardo is someone who can cause that lineup some issues. All right, uh, TR, back to you on the flip side. David Price gets the game one start for the Jays, not surprisingly. Only one start against the Rangers this season, but it was good. Six innings, two runs, eight Ks. How do you think the Ranger offense attacks the uh, ace lefty of Toronto? Well, they got to uh, get his pitch count up. they got to work the count, uh, make him throw a lot of pitches, don't chase. Um, you know, I mean, this guy's not going to give up a lot of runs, but, he, you know, you know, if he struggles a little bit early, the Rangers got to take advantage of it because once, you know, David Price gets on a roll, this could be lights out. It's going to be lights out for a while. So 
the goal for the Rangers, I think, is to get him get his pitch count up early, make him work, um, get some guys on base. They're going to have to hit and run. They're going to have to bunt a little bit. I don't know if they're going to be able to run. The Rangers like to run, but it's going to be tough with Russell Martin behind the plate. So I think you'll see him bunting a little bit, hit and run, trying to do some things to create havoc on the base pass and see if they can get you know Price out of there with 115, 120 pitches through the sixth or seventh inning, which is going to be tough, but that's the game plan. And for what it's worth, Price's career ERA against the Rangers over five, uh, even despite that good start against the Rangers here in 2015. Uh, Gregor, let's go back to you. The rest of the Blue Jay rotation shapes up to be Stroman, Estrada, then if there's a game for R.A. Dickey, why do they have the edge over the Ranger trio, expected trio, of Hamels, Holland, and Colby Lewis? Well, one you know advantage that they have with Marcus Stroman, kind of his miraculous comeback, um, you know, once ruled out for the season with the torn ACL, wasn't expected to be back at all. He came back a lot better than anyone possibly could have expected uh, in September. And so while at this time of year, normally you're talking about workloads and, and guys running into a little bit of a wall, Stroman's uh, very, very fresh right now, and essentially running into the midseason form. The fact that he's only had uh, four starts um, kind of keeps him fresh going into the, the postseason. While he's untested there, uh, he's unquestionably the guy with the second biggest upside after David Price in that rotation. And then after that, you've got Marco Estrada, who really kind of redefined his career this year, um, was kind of an afterthought when he was acquired during the offseason. Um, but he's really kind of put things together in, in a lot of ways. Um, kind of as we were talking about Gallardo before, he, he's a guy who kind of lives on the corners and, and can have that finesse side to him as well. Um, so those are the three key guys. And then if it ultimately gets to, to R.A. Dickey, I mean, this is a moment that he's been waiting for for a long time, um, has, hasn't had this opportunity before. Uh, and anytime it's, at this time of year, the knuckleball can be very unpredictable. You don't sometimes know what you're going to get from start to start. Um, but his second half kind of speaks for itself. And he put uh, a very rough first half behind him, and he's been uh, pretty much lights out uh, dating back the, the last couple of months. Okay, uh, TR, same question, just flips around. Of course, Cole Hamill's not available for game one because he pitched on Sunday in game 162, recovering from that tough first inning to go the distance in that uh, division-clinching win for the Rangers. State your case for him, Derek Holland, and Colby Lewis. Well, the biggest thing about those three guys is that they've been in postseason and they've done very well. Colby Lewis, when the Rangers went to the two World Series in 2010-2011, Colby Lewis was their best pitcher. That said, Derek Collins uh, shut out in game four of the uh, 2011 World Series of the Cardinals. It's probably the biggest, best pitch game in the Rangers history. And we all know Cole Hamels was the MVP of the NLCS and the World Series. Of course, that was six years ago. But the point is, these guys have been in the playoffs before. They've handled it well. They've pitched well. I think experience is going to be a big key for the Rangers starting pitching in the, in the series. Hey, Gregor, let's go back to you, talk a little offense. Now, the Jays' offense, of course, second to none in the majors this season. But playoff baseball traditionally dominated by pitching and defense, uh, as we've seen time and again. What gives you confidence? This is something you've touched on a little bit already. But what gives you confidence that the high-scoring Jays can play this brand of baseball here in October? Yeah, and I don't think there's any question that the production is going to dip a little bit just because uh, you know the, the pitching that they're going to be up against. But um, to, to score the runs that might be needed to win, I mean, you look at the overall depth inside that lineup. There's very different dynamic approaches within that. I mean, you don't need to have everyone firing all cylinders um, in order to, to come through and still put up a lot of runs. I mean, if you have a few guys in that lineup uh, who are coming through, they should still be able to put up 
uh, pretty good numbers. I mean, it's, it obviously starts at the, at the top of that order after Ben Revere with, with Josh Donaldson, Jose Batista, and Winner Encarnacion. But the bottom half of that lineup uh, has been, uh, you know, kind of unsung heroes for the Blue Jays this year, too. And they, they give a little bit of a, a different look with Kevin Pillar and Ryan Goins at the very bottom of that order being able to manufacture some runs, uh, hit and runs. Uh, they don't play a lot of small ball, but sometimes they do uh, lay down bunts at the bottom, bottom of that order to kind of turn things around at the top. And, and even in the second half of that order, you've got guys like Russell Martin, who's a, a proven playoff performer as well. So uh, the fact that they have so many weapons to go with, um, it probably gives the, the club some confidence that even if a couple guys don't come through, uh, that there will be other ones willing to, uh, and, and ready to kind of step up. And uh, TR, to you now, it seems like we've waited almost two full years to see a fully, a, a fully healthy, let me try that again, a fully healthy Ranger lineup. Uh, guys like Prince Fielder had the ailment last year. You've got guys like Adrian Beltre, youngsters like Rudnett Odor. It seems like one through nine, they are finally fully healthy. Give us your take on this Ranger offense and the damage they can do here in this series. I'll tell you one thing. When you get into the playoffs, if you're expecting to win a playoff series by hitting a lot of home runs, it generally is not going to happen. I've seen Rangers offenses come into the playoffs just loaded with just unbelievable firepower, and they've just fallen flat on their faces. So to be a good offense in the playoffs, you've got to be able to do more than just try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. You've got to be able to hit and run. You've got to have some speed. You've got to be able to bunt. You've got to be able to string together some tough at bats. You've got to be able to hit with runners in scoring position. I think hitting with runners in scoring position is going to be huge in this series, more than the home run. I think it's not going to be the team that hits the most home runs. It's going to be the team that uh, hits the highest with runners in scoring position. And, uh, Gregor, let's go back to you now, talk about the uh, postseason experience factor or lack thereof. Uh, it seems like the Jays, even though they, they have a lot of veteran presence on this team, not a lot of veteran playoff experience, does that at all concern you heading into this series? Uh, it's, experience certainly helps at this time of the year, uh, and there's no question that just because of the Jays, um, you know, really haven't had it's been 22 years, and obviously the, the roster is completely turned over, but uh, there are a lot of guys who haven't experienced it. Uh, you know, primarily you're looking at some of the key players like Batista and Encarnacion who are going through this for the first time. Uh, but I think, you know, what the Blue Jays were able to do during the offseason and then again at the trade deadline, address some of those issues. You're bringing in guys like Josh Donaldson who's been there before, Russell Martin uh, seems to be there every year no matter what team he is with, uh, and then David Price, even though he hasn't had quite the kind of success that he would like in the postseason, I think that's and even an extra motivating factor for him, especially heading into free agency. I think he wants to, he knows all the doubts and all the questions that have been asked about him. Uh, and he also knows that, you know, the, the sample size over the years is, is kind of a little small for him as well in that regard. So uh, I think he's looking to, to kind of come out and, and prove a point. Um, so it's not a completely inexperienced squad. It's not like all these guys came up together and have been together for, for the last 10 years not being able to make it, uh, they, they kind of do have a nice mix of guys who are going through it for the first time and then guys who uh, have been there before. And then TR, to you now, it seems like uh, the Rangers, uh, of course, uh, they certainly do have some postseason experience on their side. You're talking about guys like our Prince Fielder, Adrian Beltre, and, of course, Cole Hamels. You've touched on this before with Hamels uh, winning a World Series with the Phillies uh, years ago. Uh, how big of a factor can that be for the Rangers in this series? Well, when you look at Prince Filler, he has a lot of postseason experience, and it's not very good. I mean, he has not been a good postseason hitter, so experience can go the other way. you got a guy who's, you know, has that hanging over his head. You know, I think that, I think, again, it goes back to game one. If Blue Jays win game one with David Price on the mound, they'll have all the postseason experience they need. 
Okay, if they lose game, if if they win game one, I think the Rangers won't panic as much as maybe the Blue Jays might if they lose game one. If the Blue Jays game lose game one, you might see that lack of experience show up. If they win that, I think they'll be feeling really confident. Um, if the Rangers lose game one, I think they'll, they'll be okay because they've lost it before. I remember in 2011, they lost to Tampa Bay nine to nothing in the first game of, of the uh, division series, and they came back to win the next three. So I, I think that's where experience is going to play into this, is how the two teams react to what happens in game one. As we begin to wrap up here, uh, gentlemen, we all know about the marquee names in this series on both sides. We've gone over them at length uh, just here in this podcast. I want each of you, though, to give me an under-the-radar player, so to speak, who you feel could have a major impact on the series. And, uh, Gregor, we'll start with you. I think it's Brett Cecil. And you know, John Gibbons kind of joked yesterday that, uh, you know, if things go their way, he thinks – Brett Cecil's probably going to be the most overworked guy in the postseason, and he really is their key left-hander out of the bullpen. And you look at this Rangers lineup, there, are, there is an awful lot of good uh, left-handed hitters. And uh, outside of Cecil, the, the Blue Jays have had some issues with that in the bullpen. Their, their primary setup guy uh, over the last couple of months was Aaron Sanchez. He sort of lost that role midway through September, and one of the reasons why is because he's been struggling against lefties and so uh, they've gone to see so more and more in that eighth inning i think there's even a scenario where if he's not used and uh, up until then that instead of going to roberto osuna right off the top in the ninth uh, if there's a situation where prince fielder or shinsu chu or someone like that is due up in the ninth they might even go to cecil in that situation um, he's someone that you're going to see uh, in every single close ball game of this series and he's going to have some very very high leverage innings his success could go a long way to determining how the blue jays do and, uh, T.R., same question to you, uh, one under-the-radar guy that can make an impact for Texas. I'm right there with Greg on this one. Uh, from the Rangers' standpoint, it's going to be their right-handed setup reliever. I mean, he, he's exactly right. Brett Cecil's going to be big for the Blue Jays because of the Rangers' left-handed hitters. Look at Dyson. He's a power sinker, right-handed pitcher who pitched seventh, eighth inning. You know, this is a guy who's going to have to come in and get, you know, the big boys, Batista and Encarnacion and um, Donaldson. So, I think, you know, setup relief is going to be huge in this in this series as well. And uh, just to wrap up here, uh, of course, Gregor, we know you're parcel to the Blue Jays. You are parcel to the Rangers, obviously. I'm going to ask you both how many games this series goes. Uh, not a, a lot of options. It's either three, four, or five. Uh, Gregor, what's your guess? I think it's going five. I think these two teams are, are very evenly matched. You're talking about the two hottest teams in the American League. Uh, dating back to the trade deadline, uh, I can easily see this series going at least four, and I would not be surprised at all if we head back here uh, to Rogers Center in Toronto for, for game five as well. And, T.R., do you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't see the Rangers losing two games here in, in Toronto, not with Gallardo and uh, Hamels on the mound. And then go back to Arlington, split two there, and let, let's wrap this up with Cole Hamels and David Price in a big game five. I think that's the way we need to finish this series up. It is going to be a fantastic series, which kicks off on Thursday with Game 1 at Rogers Center between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers. My thanks to both Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm and Rangers reporter T.R. Sullivan. This is Matt Waymar signing off for MLB.com Extras postseason preview. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.